Welcome to season two of COVID-19 Public Health Policy and Culture. In these episodes, we share international stories about the pandemic around the world, what it looks like in everyday lives, as well as what it looks like from the eyes of researchers and professionals who work on the pandemic, on controlling the pandemic. This podcast is designed for information to be translatable. This podcast is designed to translate information from epidemiologists, emergency medical professionals, and those who do work on the front lines with the pandemic firsthand in everyday living and what it looks like in everyday family culture as an individual just living on planet Earth during this time. In these episodes, you will learn more about the pandemic and how to protect yourselves and others during this historic moment. So you probably are aware by now that we use Anchor.fm here on this podcast for COVID-19 PPC. And I wanted to tell you about Anchor.fm because this is actually the second uh, podcast hosting software I've used. And um, I really like it. I love how easy it is to use. I love the fact that it's free. And they have so many tools here like music and all these different options that help you record and edit your podcast either from your phone or your PC or your computer. And then Anchor distributes your podcast for you so that it can be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places. And then also you can even make money from your podcast with minimum, with no minimum listenership. And it's all you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're new to podcasting and you're interested in um, getting started, I recommend Anchor.fm. So what you can do is download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor.fm to get started um, that's my recommendation. And, um, you know, after almost a year of podcasting, I'm really glad I found Anchor just recently. It just makes things so much easier. And uh, yeah, come check out anchor.fm. Hello and welcome to this episode of COVID-19 Public Health Policy and Culture, also known as COVID-19 PPC. I'm your host, Dr. April Moreno. And here in the second season of the podcast, I am sharing with you a conversation I recently had with Marilena Gritani. She is a clinical pharmacist, and she is the host of the Legal Drug Dealer podcast. She also has a couple of podcasts in Spanish. Uh, she has Controlando Tu Propia Salud, and she's going to be sharing with us information about the vaccine and the importance of the vaccine. This is an interview that I had with her recently for another podcast, The Sisterhood of Limitless Living, for the autoimmune community. But this episode is so universal at this time. It's international in scope and in conversation. We are having a bilingual conversation in this episode, which is uh, the first one I've done in any of my podcasts as I've been working on improving my Spanish. Uh, I've been taking uh, classes with uh, Spanish Sin Pena, and it's a wonderful program. And a lot of the students in the group are individuals who are Latinx, like myself, who have, for various reasons, been disconnected from their Spanish-speaking family members and that side of the culture and heritage of Latinx identity in the United States, for example. So um, if you are interested in learning more about improving your Spanish and if you are interested in learning from a kind of Latinx identity 
standpoint, I recommend Spanish Sin Pena as a program to sign up for. It brought me confidence in speaking Spanish again. It brought me the ability to be used to hearing and understanding more conversational speed of Spanish. And overall, it's just an enjoyable program just to feel more confidence in speaking Spanish as a Latinx individual living in the United States for generations. So I highly recommend them. And so this episode, again, is with Marilena Gritani. It is one of our first bilingual presentations, podcast episodes in English and Spanish. And I hope you enjoy this episode. She provides us with a lot of information about the vaccines that are available at the moment. She provides a lot of information about misinformation that's out there in cultural communities and also just um, some of the common myths that are out there in general in the United States at the moment. So she helps to dispel those myths and to bring us more confidence and more encouragement to get the vaccine, which ideally most of us will do so that we can actually get some control of the COVID-19 pandemic once and for all. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Today, we're talking about a really important topic during this time of the pandemic. We're talking about vaccine education and awareness. Um, there's a huge need for vaccine education and increasing people's um, participation in vaccine usage. And we see the huge disparity in the African-American and the Latinx population. So today we're going to be talking about the importance of the vaccine during the pandemic. And we have a very special guest today. Her name is Marilena Vitani, and she is a clinical pharmacist. She's also known as the legal drug dealer. Thank you, April, for having me. It is a pleasure and an honor. And um, I feel the obligation as a Latina girl myself that I need to educate my community because we are one of the communities that have been hit hardest by this virus and the circumstances are defined precisely for our community to be affected. So we need to talk about it. We need to answer questions. So that's what I'm here to do. As you said, I'm a clinical pharmacist, originally graduated in my country in Venezuela about 27 years ago. Since then, I've been practicing not only in retail pharmacy, which is the pharmacy that you go to pick up your prescriptions, but also in hospitals where I have worked hand to hand with physicians and uh, nurses. And uh, I know it's a little bit weird to say this, but my favorite place is the ER. I love the rush and the adrenaline. And I, I really like to be able to help the team with medications to resolve issues with patients so they can move on and get better. So um, yeah, I have had a lot of experience and I'm here just to share what I know to help others that might need it because we're pretty healthy at home. So you ask and I will answer. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today. And so the first question in this conversation that I had for you is to talk to us about the importance of vaccines in the Latinx community what have you seen with regard to resistance to the vaccine so far culturally? Well, this is what happened. Uh, the mentality is that 60, 80 years ago, we Latins and African-American communities were used as, you know, part of the research 
to put it in words that are not offensive because I refuse to say those words, but everybody knows what I'm saying. So, uh, and then probably that happened. I do not know. I wasn't alive then, but I don't doubt it. What I need to say today is that the scientists, scientific community have changed. And uh, there is no uh, doubt that we are focused on our patients. It doesn't matter what skin color they have, what language they speak, and what culture and traditions they have. Uh, in my particular case, I have been representing our community the best that I can. And uh, I have enforced the respect that we deserve. And I have to say that recently in the past 10 years, things have changed drastically. So that fear that we had, and I spoke uh, several and two or three podcasts already that are oriented to the African-American community. And I do understand they're concerned and I'm not dismissing any of that, but I'm here to tell you that these things have changed. And there is good news for us because now for the vaccines research, they're including not only Latinos, but only African-American, but also African-American communities. So that means that we see, I see us in the research that I read when they give me the results of how, you know, how we behaved with certain people in different races and different countries, which is also good mm -hmm. uh, in relation to eff efficacy of the vaccine, which means how good it is to protect us. So the problem now is for us to believe and to trust. And that's what I'm here to do, to tell you that you can trust if you go to my uh, Instagram, whether if it's in Spanish or English, because I have two, I say exactly the same, just one in Spanish and the other one in English, you would see that I have two photographs, one on the 30th of December, that I, I had the needle in my arm getting my first dose of uh, the Pfizer vaccine. And on the 20th of January, I took my photo with the two fingers, because that's how you say that you got the second dose. So I'm very proud to say that I got it, that I'm protected. And now I'm going to be a volunteer to actually vaccinate patients. And I, my only request is to treat, to vaccinate Spanish speaking communities, mm -hmm. because um, I don't want a translator. I don't want anybody to have a second person telling them what it is. I want to talk to them and explain and answer any questions or concerns that they might have before I vaccinate them. Plus, I just, I just, just you know, spoil them a little bit in los sobo in, in, in the arms so they don't have that much pain. Please tell us a little bit more about some of the cultural context, like as you're going to be speaking and working with these communities, speaking to them in Spanish, and um, what types of concerns, what types of conversations do you think will emerge when they come for their vaccine? Well, um, I have to say that I spent two weeks, two, four weeks ago, answering questions about the virus in general and about, about the vaccine, because uh, there was a lot of questions coming to me from my podcast and my Instagram communities and family members. But I, unfortunately, my family have had 14 members that have the virus. They all live in Spain. And uh, you know that Spain was hit really, really bad by this disease, and they're in different cities, but still, all of all of them got it. And that was what motivated me to learn more about this. As a pharmacist, we know about the drug, and we study everything related to the vaccine because it's a prescription one, and we are the ones that you know had to regulate that. And of course, any questions that are coming from any uh, part of the medical team, whether it's a nurse or a doctor, we are there too educate them. That's why you have to be the first one in learning all that. But 
because I studied the other side of it, the, the research, the, the, uh, every step that they took, I consider myself uh, very knowledgeable about it because I was like them. I did not believe that the, the vaccine, the vaccine, I was going to say, the vaccine was uh, safe because it was created too fast. Mm -hmm. And that is mainly the, the, the main question that I have. The, why is it so fast? Mm -hmm. Before a vaccine would take between four, five to 10 years to be developed. And then all of a sudden in less than 10 months, we have it. So the answer that I give people to explain this is that when I went to, to school, elementary school, uh, and the teacher gave me an assignment, I had to tell my parents that they needed to drive me to the library. So I had to walk to the library, ask the libra librarian for this topic that I needed to research. She would guide me and give me four, five, six books. I had to read a bunch of them and then come up with the answers for my assignment. These days, you grab this and I'm pointing out my cell phone and you get the answers right there. And that amount of time that you saved is called thanks to technology. Mm -hmm. Same thing is happening with the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And in, I just want to explain this really quick. What happened in, in China, when, in Wuhan, when they detected this vaccine, this virus originally, they did what it is like a scan of the virus itself. And they got like the blueprint with every single detail of it. And they spread it to the world. And they said, you know, we have a lot of people that are dying. Anybody that could help, please pitch in. Normally, in, when companies are researching vaccines or any other drugs, they keep everything secret because they want to be the first ones doing it to make the money. Mm -hmm. This situation was completely different because we had a pandemic. It was a global, the whole planet was suffering with it. Mm -hmm. So what happened, the beautiful thing that happened is that the technologies that were developed for other reasons were applied to this just in case because worst case scenario was doing nothing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So they said, let's just try it. And it worked. It worked, this uh, technology that we're using with the uh, Pfizer and Moderna vaccines were developed for cancer treatment. Mm -hmm. And they thought, well, let's just give it a try. They tried in animals and it worked and it worked beautifully. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that they use computer systems to simulate how it would work and all the numbers were great. Mm -hmm. As soon as they got authorized to use it in humans, the results were wonderful. Mm -hmm. Things that we never seen before. Again, technology had to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So I still was very hesitant and reluctant to believe it because the way that I was trained, again, I graduated 27, 28 years ago. This would have been impossible if you told me, hey, we are going to get a vaccine in less than a year. I would say, you are crazy. I'm not going to get it. Mm -hmm. But after studying over 140 hours mm -hmm. to understand, mm -hmm. to see what virologists have to say, to understand the clinical studies, um, I, I came up with a conclusion that it was just perfect timing, that the technology that was developed and this awful situation that we have was a great opportunity to try it. And it worked great. Mm -hmm. One of the things that would delay a vaccine trial to be even longer is the fact that you don't have that many people sick with that thing to try it, to prove it. Mm -hmm. We don't have that problem now. And that's why it got so fast. Mm -hmm. So I'm here to tell you that I research every single paper. If I show you the amount of paper that I have that I printed studying it is a lot. Mm -hmm. And I know most people don't understand how to read those, but I did. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, I give you my word, you can trust it. And actually you can see the pictures because I did it. And on top of that, I have mixed 
the vaccine. I have had the vial in my hand and I have drawn it and, and get it ready for patients. So um, I can give you my word that the vaccine is legit mm -hmm. and the best part, it works great. Mm -hmm. Thank the, you. the two that we have so far. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And this is not our first um, SARS epidemic. No. Uh, so I think some of the treatments and some of the technologies that we learned along the way were also found through SARS-1. Yeah, we had we had three. This is a third one, but one was in the Middle East, another one was in Asia, and this is our third one. They were not that contagious. That's why it didn't spread. They didn't spread that much, but they did cause a lot of death. As you said, the the research that they did versus those viruses and the way that they could analyze how it worked, how they reproduce, that's why it took the WHO, which is the World Health Organization, as well as the FDA or the Food and Drug Administration, plus the CDC, which is the center of disease control, that they gave them an idea, but it wasn't precise because it's not the same. It's like you and your sister, you're very close, but you're not the same. Mm -hmm. But it was something similar. Mm -hmm. So they said, we don't need to use a mask because for those, we didn't. But mm -hmm. then we realized that we did, again, they're very similar, but not, they're not the same. And because it was brand new, we didn't understand. So it's been a lot of contradictory information. And that's part of the reluctance of the community to say, well, is this time true? Are you kidding me? Are you joking? Is Are you going to change your mind again? What are, what are you doing? And, and just to defend them a little bit, but I'm on your side. They didn't know. Mm -hmm. We needed to see. We needed to try. And and. Now I can tell you, and actually I said it on my podcast, I did a couple of episodes just for that and Spanish and English. Mm -hmm. And then I said, don't worry about the mask, it's fine. And then I did, uh-uh, you guys, mm -hmm. get the mask, get the mask, the thing is important. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a new thing, it's, 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 it's a new thing that is not that new, but it is, and now the new strands are even more contagious. So yes, mm -hmm. it is a bad thing. Can you tell us a little bit about how the immunocompromised community should address the vaccine. I know there's quite a few people in some of the Facebook groups, the online autoimmune support groups that are just really saying no way. Well, I would say good thing that you're protecting yourself. I applaud that. And uh, this is what I need to say. The vaccines prior to this two mRNA vaccines, which is uh, the way that it works is that they had parts of the virus. And they said they call it attenuated, which is that they just make them dumb, like they cannot reproduce. And then they have killed uh, viruses that are being used as a vector or as a transportation system to get through the immune system and for it to work. Mm -hmm. Basically, the vaccine, what it does is to tell the immune system that you have working this is, this is the checklist of what we need to check for. And this is the wanted poster. If you see something like this with these characteristics, that's what we need to attack. But as soon as the immune system detects something new, the immune system is like, we don't care who you are. You're gonna stay there and we're not gonna let you go. And then the immune system said, but, but hold on, talk to your bosses because I'm legit. So they go to the gland ganglias that are here. They inject you in your arm. They go to the ganglia here under, under your uh, jawline. And there's the colonels, the, the captains, the generals of the immune system. And they're like, what's going on? And the, the little, the solar that is, you know, protecting us all over it. They said, well, we just saw this 
thing and he's saying that he's a good guy, but it looks like a virus. What do we do? It looks like a virus. It's not it. It looks like a virus. If it was a virus, the immune system would attack it in immediately. But, but because it's not, they just kept it, kept it like in a, we're not going to let you move. We're going to monitor you. Once the immune system, the cells that got the message from the vaccine gets it to the ganglia, which is where the big bosses are, and they study it and they understand what's going on. They read the message and they say, well, you know what? This looks pretty legit. It means that we're getting an SOS message that something really bad is happening. We need to protect this body from it. And they have a checklist and they have a, a wanted poster. So you know what? I think is, is, is legit. Let's just let it in. And what happens is that those two days that they're studying the information that the vaccine brought, you have inflammation in your ganglia, you feel a little bit, you know, fatigue, and it's because your immune system is working and it's trying to get you safe. But then after the vaccine is clear by the big chiefs and the army of your immune system, then everything goes away. I got those symptoms. So the, what it is, is the vaccine is telling all the T cells or the, or the IgGs, which are the first IgM and IgG, which are the first uh, cells of the immune system that are protecting you against it. Basically, it just grabs the virus and says, you're not going to reproduce, period. And if it dies, it dies. Then you don't have more. The problem is the reproduction. And this thing reproduces by a hundredfold every 10 hours. I don't know if you've seen the picture of the, the virus, but it's mm -hmm. a circle, a, a, like a ball shape, and it has a bunch of spikes on it. Each one of those spikes has the blueprint to reproduce one more virus. So from one virus, you can get a hundred. And for those hundreds, you get 10,000. And then you go and go and go. So when, when six days pass, then you, are, you're, you have a disease. You have so many on you that you have symptoms. That's why they tell you to wait six days to see if you have the symptoms and, and to detect it by a test. If that is what the vaccine does, to help you. And then within the checklist, it is also the strategy of, or how, of how to kill the virus. If you don't have that, you're already depressed immune system. It's not going to win against this thing because healthy people have not been able to fight it. It would depend on something called viral load that I will talk about in a little bit, but I just want to make sure the autoimmune or the um, immunosuppressed community understands this. Your immune system is not in a good shape to start with. So if you have this virus that is going to reproduce in millions and millions in, in a matter of days, your immune system is going to be overwhelmed and it's not going to be able to help you. Now, if you have a vaccine that is not the virus, that is not part of it, it's simply a synthetic copy of what the virus looks plus the message for the immune system that has number one, an alarm, and number two, it has all the checklists that they need to follow. So let's say that the virus enters to you, the vaccine comes in and the vaccine says, okay, this is the information, the virus comes to you and then it reproduces. As soon as it reproduces because of the vaccine, as soon as it comes out of your cell, it starts playing an alarm. Beep, 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 beep. And they already know. And the immune system comes over and they said, I have this poster here. Let me see if you are this. Oh, you look like it. You have this, you have this. Check, 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 check. You are the bad guy. We're going to kill you. And within days, 
within a couple of days, the autoimmune uh, system, whatever you had left, or all of it, if you are not an autoimmune person, will destroy it. If you don't have that checklist, if you don't have that tool to identify or the poster that I'm trying to express like that, uh, to identify this virus, there is no way that your immune system is going to defend it, your body that fast. They would take days to do so, and that is enough for the virus to be in so many numbers that it's going to you know, attack you in a really bad way. So why is it safe for the autoimmune community or for the immune, uh, low immunity people? Mm -hmm. Because your immune system is already depressed mm -hmm. and because this is not the virus. This is not something that is going to attack your immune system. On the contrary, it's like an ally that is saying, we already saw the people getting really bad. We don't want you to do that. So here's the information. Don't let it happen. And then th that's the first vaccination, the first dose that does that. Everybody gets informed. Everybody got the information, the poster and the checklist. The second dose, 21 or 28 or six weeks later, depending on the vaccine, what it does is like, hey, you guys, do you remember that I told you about this virus that is coming that could kill us? And they would say, yeah, we do know. Did you tell everybody? And then they're going to say, oh, we forgot the T cells and the IgGs. Let's just thank you for the reminder. We're going to let them know. And it takes about 20, I would say 21, 25 days for the IgGs to be active after the IgMs already work, which means the IgMs are the ones that are going to prevent the reproduction of the virus at the beginning, but then they, you need the immunity that is gonna last longer and those are the ones that are active then. That's why the second dose is very important because it's the long lasting. The first dose is to protect you for a few uh, months, but the second dose is to protect you for at least one year. We don't know yet. The people that started getting vaccinated started in, in May. So the expectation and, and the systems that they run to kind of have an idea say that it's at least two years. We are not saying two years, we're trusting one. Like the flu vaccine that you get it every year. So every year you get a booster that is going to kind of tell your immune system, don't forget about this guy because this guy is really mean. And then here's the poster, here's the checklist. Mm -hmm. The other thing that they're planning to do now that I'm saying that is that every year, because we have different strands, mm -hmm. what they're trying to do is to get the information and insert it in the new vaccine. So mm -hmm. you're going to have the 2021 vaccine because the ones that we're using now were created in 2020, right? Mm -hmm. So they're going to be added whatever they detected for the new uh, strands or the new mutations. Mm -hmm. So the new vaccines are going to have what it has from the beginning, right? From the original virus in Wuhan, plus the ones that they developed like in the UK and South Africa Brazil. in Brazil, we have another one. And I know we have one in the US. The thing is that we don't do tracing and that's what we haven't found out. So I can guarantee you that you will not have a flare up, that you're not going to have any, and it's not going to attack your immune system. Um, and you're not going to have an anaphylaxis reaction either. So I, if you do, we will treat it. That's not an issue, the anaphylaxis reaction. But if I had an autoimmune disease or if I, had, if I was immunosuppressed, I would definitely, with the approval of my physician and with the supervision of people that are, know my disease, get the, the vaccine and be observed. When just so you know, for people that are not aware, because I know the information have been so poor, that is sad. That's why I'm doing this, trying to help them know that they know that I exist, but I'm doing my part. 
uh, whenever you go to a vaccination, what they call PODs, which is places of dispensation, is places where they're vaccinating people, masses. I mean, they're doing it in stadiums in big places, right? They have different lines. And there's always at least one or two lines for those that are high risk, which is an autoimmune person, somebody that had an anaphylaxis reaction before, somebody that might have been treated for diseases that are not, you know, the, the usual ones. Mm -hmm. So they are considered high risk mm -hmm. and they always have a physician there. They get vaccinated and the, the EMS or the ambulance plus the paramedics are right there with them and mm -hmm. they all know in the hospitals that are around they know that the pod might just come over really quick with somebody that had an emergency plus you need to wait at least 15 minutes before you go home because the the worst reactions happen within five ten minutes if you're going to have a reaction in five minutes it will be there mm -hmm. so and, and you have very well-trained people doing this. Mm -hmm. It's not that anybody's just grabbing the, the syringe and put it in your arm, mm -hmm. but you can trust them. I can, I've been in several ones working and a volunteer and that's, I got it. So it, it's working really good. It took time, but it's working really good. I do appreciate the fact that people are there for those of us who are high risk after the vaccine, that we have somewhere to be monitored for 15 minutes afterwards. There is a it's not an app, it's a service that as soon as you get your dose, they're giving it to you. You scan it with your phone and it's, it's a monitoring system. So you put your information there. Uh, you give them the lot number because that information is given to you when you get vaccinated mm -hmm. and they check on you every day monitoring. Are you feverish? Are you feeling good? Are you, are you, are you not able to work? So they monitor the results because it is true. We didn't have that many people vaccinated with the trials before it started going to the public because it's an emergency. We're saving lives, right? Mm -hmm. But they're monitoring afterwards and they, we will be monitored for over two years. Mm -hmm. I got the checkup today for my weekly. I did it. They did it for me every day. And after a day is every week. And after four weeks, it's after, uh, once a month and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So the data is there. They're going to continue monitoring. Mm -hmm. And so far, we're, we're close to 30 million people vaccinated in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's going wonderfully. And you can see the numbers going down already. Mm -hmm. That's great. In hospitalizations and, and, of course, death. Let's talk a little bit more about the disparities as it relates to you know, what we're seeing in the Hispanic and Latinx and the African-American community. Y quiero hablar un poquito en español. Quiero pl <laughs> platicar un poquito. Vamos a platicar acerca de la vacuna. Y qué es la cosa, cuáles son las cosas más importantes que la gente hispana, hispana tienen que saber acerca de tomar la vacuna? Ponerse la vacuna. Bueno, pon ponerse es, la vacuna. Ajá, ponerse la vacuna. Eh, bueno, yo diría que es, en primer lugar, saber que es a salvo, que es una, una vacuna seria, que es una vacuna que no te va a hacer daño. La mentalidad es, a los latinos le van a poner la mala, a los blancos no. Y eso no está pasando. Yo soy farmacéutico, yo he mezclado las vacunas, yo misma, y tengo fotos en mi Instagram para mostrarlo, muy orgullosa de eso porque ayudé a mucha gente ese día, y no pasa, eso no existe. Ese tipo de cosas no pasan más. Si pasaron algún día, ya no más. Y en segundo lugar, eh, no te va a pasar nada malo. Las preguntas que me han hecho, April, ¿me va a salir otra cabeza? I'm not kidding. ¿Me va a salir cola rabo de mono? 
I'm not kidding. Okay. No, ma'am, yes, it is. Eso fue lo que me preguntaron, o que me va a salir otro dedo. Y yo, yo me pregunto, ¿de dónde sacaron esta información? ¿Quién te dijo eso? Alguien que lo inventó. Eso no es cierto. Nada de eso es cierto. Otras personas hablan de la... Um, Los extra, extraterrestres también. De la esterilidad. Uh -huh. De que you are not going to be able to have babies, que no vas a poder tener bebés. Uh -huh. Eso no es cierto. Y si fuese cierto, la gente que hace los birth controls, lo que ponen la, la píldora para que no tengas bebé, ya lo hubiesen hecho. No es cierto. Uh -huh. No es cierto. It's not true. Uh -huh. And uh, the, the last thing is that it has a chip that is going to monitor you. Uh -huh. Es que tiene un chip que te va a monitorear porque Bill Gates quiere saber dónde estás tú. A ese señor no le importa. Esto es lo que tiene un chip, tu teléfono. Uh -huh. Y sí, con esto siempre. te monitorean tu vida. Uh -huh. No creas que es la vacuna. Uh -huh. Además, la vacuna es tan chiquitita que no hay manera de ponerle un chip. Créeme que no. ¿Y por qué es tan importante um, ponerse la vacuna en las familias, en, en, con la gente hispano, hispana? Culturalmente, la gente vive con mucha gente en la familia, en una casa. Y sí. lo que veo, lo que vemos... Um, uh -huh. En mi familia también. Um, y la mía. La gente, um, like, las primas, la, la las tía, abuelas, las, las tías, abuelas, todos, todos los primos. Uh -huh. oh, uh -huh. todo. Y eh, la, eso, también eso es todos se, infect, se infectaron. Sí, sí. Y lo que, lo que se dice es que cada vez que tú toses o hablas, sacas saliva de tu boca y, la, y, la, y el virus está en la saliva. Y entonces viaja como una plumita en el aire y cuando tú hablas o haces... ¡Ah! te lo tragas y el virus entra a tus pulmones y dice, ah, esto está cómodo, aquí me voy a poner a vivir y suelta las pullitas que son las que están al, encima del virus, que cada una de ellas puede reproducir el virus. Uh -huh. Y cada virus tiene 100. Uh -huh. Cada 10 horas tú multiplicas por 100 uh -huh. todos los virus que tienes. Y entonces llega un momento en que la enfermedad te ataca. ¿Por qué los latinos y por qué los morenos? Sí. Porque nosotros como cultura uh -huh. estamos muy cerca. Vivimos muchos en la misma casa, ¿verdad? Eh, nos visitamos unos, dependemos unos del otro, porque la tía cuida a los niños de todas las sobrinas y sus hijas. Y entonces vamos todas para allá y nos quedamos a comer, a tamales, lo que sea, estamos siempre todos juntos. Y cerrado, en una casa encerrada, porque hace mucho frío afuera estos días, ¿cierto? Nos que estamos afuera en el patio. En la, en la cultura de la de African Americans o de los de, como los llamamos en nuestra cultura los morenos es lo mismo ellos son muy de familia muy de estar todos juntos y eso hace que lo transmitas a tu familia además los trabajos que tenemos los latinos y los y las personas African Americans o, lo, o las personas descendientes de africanos de color también estamos atendiendo al público de frente o es o este, estamos en sitios muy apretados. Por ejemplo, si trabajas en una cocina, uh -huh. en un restaurante, la cocina es pequeña, uh -huh. no hay mucho espacio para que tengas lo que llaman distanciamiento social o social no aire. No hay aire. Además que no, no, no rota el aire, no hay movimiento de aire que uh -huh. saque al virus cada vez que hablas o que te estornudes o, o tosas. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Entonces, ese es el riesgo. Y el problema es que yo recibo el virus hoy por ejemplo, estaba trabajando y estaba limpiando una casa uh -huh. y tomé el virus de esa casa uh -huh. y voy a mi casa uh -huh. y duermo con mi marido. Uh -huh. Él durmió cerca de mí y respira el mismo aire que yo respiré, se lo puse a él. Uh -huh. En la mañana atendí a mi niño uh -huh. y le di un besito antes de irse al colegio. Uh -huh. 
se lo di a él. Mi mamá está cocinando en la cocina la, la, las, las quesadillas para el desayuno con los huevos rancheros. Se la, le dije buenos días, mami, le di un besito. También se lo di a ella. En seis días, toda la familia tiene la enfermedad. Y entonces los que vinieron de visita a la casa, también se los pasaste. O los que tú viste cuando saliste. Entonces, tenemos que frenarlo. Pero hasta que no entendamos cómo funciona, no lo vamos a poder hacer. Por eso yo invito a los que están escuchándome que vayan a ver mi Instagram que se llama Controlando tu propia salud. Allí tengo en lo que se llama IGTV TV o, o, o lo que se llama IGTV. Tengo videos donde estoy contestando cada día cinco preguntas de las preguntas más comunes. Y mi podcast que también se llama Controlando tu propia salud tiene dos episodios que van hasta ahora porque está nuevo. Es a brand new one. Estoy hablando del virus. El podcast no es solo para el virus, pero ahorita eso es importante. Entonces te hablo de qué es el virus y lo, cómo funciona y cómo se reproduce. Y el segundo es de las vacunas. El tercero voy a hablar de los problemas de la distribución de la vacuna. Y así voy a ir hablando poco a poco. La semana que viene voy a tener un pediatra hablando de COVID en niños. Uh -huh. La otra semana voy a tener un inmunólogo hablando de inmunología. Entonces voy a traer mucha gente que nos va a estar explicando con más detalles. Pero si tienes preguntas... Y si tienes dudas en tu cabeza, pregunta. If you have any doubt, go ahead and ask the ones that know, los que saben. Porque si a ti te llega un problema de la migra, no le vas a preguntar al que te arregla tu carro que te vaya a resolver el problema. You're not going to ask your guy, the guy that fix your car to go get you out of jail if you need to be bailed, right? You ask the person that knows if you need a, a, a legal Information, you go see the lawyer. Necesitas right. algo legal, vas a ver al abogado. Mm -hmm. If you need something for your car, you see the car person. Mm -hmm. Si necesitas algo para tu carro, a, 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 automóvil o tu coche, hablas con el mecánico. Mm -hmm. De las vacunas, no sabe la vecina. Your neighbor is not an expert. De las vacunas, no sabe tu tía. She's not an expert. La que escuchó en Univision que dijeron que los extraterrestres. She's not an expert. And I have proofs that I am, and you can hear all the information that I can give. Puedo probarte que sé, y te lo voy a decir clarísimo mm -hmm. para que me entiendas. Y cualquier pregunta que tengas, just send it to me, mándamela, yo te contesto. Te contesto por el Instagram, o hago un, un segmento de mi programa para contestarlo, or I would just create a segment of, of my program just to answer my, your questions. Because no questions are dumb questions. Ninguna pregunta es estúpida, ninguna. Mm -hmm. Todo es válido. Y yo me voy a ir a vol de voluntaria a vacunar. I'm going to go volunteer to actually uh, uh, immunize, uh, yes. apply the vaccine. Mm -hmm. yes. Because that is the moment that you are more fearful. Ese es el momento que estás más asustada antes de que te pongan la aguja. Just before you get the needle in your arm. Yeah, Ese es el momento de preguntar. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Um, ¿Me va a salir otra cabeza? Y yo te voy a responder. No. I'm going to get another head. No. I'm going to get a, a, a monkey tail. ¿Me va a salir una cola de, 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 de mico? No, no. Te voy a contestar y te voy a tratar con el cariño que te mereces. And I'm going to treat you the well that you deserve. Uh -huh. That's my commitment with my community. And I hope, y mi, mi, mi esperanza, es que otros hagas lo mismo. Uh -huh. uh, that other people do the same thing. Same. Because we deserve uh -huh. to be treated well. Muchas gracias por ayudar a la comunidad, a la gente hispana. Y también aquí, por estar aquí. Con, claro, claro. hablar con nosotros acerca de COVID y la importancia de la vacuna. Uh, so thank you so much for being here with us today and sharing with us about how to serve the community that you are serving them 
uh, the Hispanic community in Spanish with the vaccine. And thank you so much for being here today with us on the podcast. And as you mentioned in IGTV, you've got your, your Spanish language uh, help, Información y Ayudas acerca de Controlando tu propia salud. Mm-hmm. And you have your podcast in this with the same name, Controlando mm-hmm. Tu Propia Salud. And then you also have the Legal Drug Dealer podcast in English and the yes. website. Yes. And also uh, the, the IGTV where I produce a lot of the same information. And, and I just wanted to say it's called the Legal Drug Dealer because I deal drugs but legally because I'm a pharmacist. Yes. So don't think that I do the other type of drugs. That's no <laughs> And the last thing, if you allow me to say, is yes. Yes. whenever you get vaccinated, Whenever you are safe, cuando te vacunes y ya estés a salvo, sé voluntario. Go volunteer. Thank you. And do for others what they have done for you. Y haz por los otros lo que han hecho por ti. Porque todos necesitamos ayuda. We all need help. It's not them. No son ellos. Es que ellos, es que ellos. It's because them, them. No be part of them. Be one of them. Sé uno de ellos y ayuda. Lleva a la señora en la silla de ruedas. Limpia la mesa a sandwiches. Uh, just just help the lady with the with the uh, wheelchair make sandwiches clean tables whatever you can do to help lo que puedas hacer ayuda just help them sometimes we can even be translators if we speak both languages mm-hmm. podemos ser traductores y eso vale mucho mm-hmm. no te quedes sentados just don't stay at home complaining mm-hmm. quejándote haz algo ayuda mm-hmm. se parte de la solución no del problema be part of the solution not the problem. And and we we care because we know how hard it is to live in this uh, society. Porque a nosotros nos importa, sabemos lo difícil que es. Y todos nos tendemos la mano, nos ayudamos uno al otro. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us today again, Marilena. We really appreciate this important conversation. And we look forward to sharing this with as many people as possible. I would love that. And if you have any questions, don't doubt on just emailing me at um it's very easy hello at the legal drug dealer.com and of course my social media you put the legal drug dealer down and you will find me si quieren un, un correo electrónico o con lo que sea búsquenme controlando tu propia salud esa soy yo